ओम ज्ञान चिमिरंधस्यलाकाया चक्षुरीत श्री गुरव नम हरे कृष्ण The very word "made" or "created" suggests it, not, it, it implies that there's someone behind it. So to say the creation took place by chance, it, even to say that is contradictory, isn't it? So, who can say? Who can know? Who can tell? Well, we accept the authority of Bhagavad Gita. Someone should know. Bhagavad Gita teaches, "Aham sarvasya prabhavaha." Krishna says, "Everything comes from me." And we may doubt it, but then we have to give some alternatives. And if it's not Krishna, who is it? Should be someone. We can say it. It just came into being by chance, but that's not. That's not very intelligent. This microphone came into being by chance. Would anyone believe it? Anyone would believe it? And even the most simple cell in our bodies is far more complex than this microphone. And even a microphone, most people, if it goes wrong, most people can't repair it. You have to have some training because it's quite complex. And then. Even the most simple cell in our bodies is more complex than a microphone, and you're going to say it came into being by chance. The thing is that people they can't imagine that, because you see this is quite complex, so it requires some intelligence to design it or to repair it, and then even the simplest cell in our body is more complex than this and there are innumerable cells within our bodies which are all interacting with each other in a way that the body goes on and then the, the, this body is just one body out of innumerable bodies within the universe and there are so there's so many factors required to sustain life apart inside the body there's outside the body there's there's movement of air there's uh, the, the temperature has to be within a certain range and so that we can hear there should the, the, the sounds within a certain range of sound if the sound is too much we lose our sense of hearing if it's too high pitch or low pitch we can't hear it at all there's so many factors and then people think well it's just too complex that there can't be anyone that intelligent and that brilliant to have set it all up and that's their foolishness if, if that's enviousness of the supreme lord 
to think that, well, we can't understand it, so we can't even understand it, and we're very intelligent, so there can't be anyone that intelligent who could have set it all up. But then, if there isn't anyone, then it means if there's not any one person, that means there's no person. And there's no intelligence. Both of the... Both of these ideas that there's no intelligence behind the universe, or that, uh, or that well, there is an intelligence, but uh, there might be an intelligence, but we—it's just we we can't understand it. So either way, we come to the point of it, it's beyond our it's beyond our ability to understand with our own intelligence. So then we just, therefore we have to become humble and admit that, well, we, there are limits to how far we can go with our intelligence. And that's why there should be scripture. It makes sense that there is scripture. Because just like if you buy this microphone, there's a book, how to, how, how to use it. And... If you want, you can look up and find out the history of microphone manufacture. There's information about it. So it makes sense that, well, the universe, there must be someone behind it. And even if we can't understand how great that intelligence is, but the fact that we have a desire to know suggests that there is someone who knows. Someone who did it. They, they, they give us information. They give us the book, which which informs us this is how it was created why how to some extent we can understand that at least the principles someone must have created it but who is that someone we can never find out by looking through telescopes but the information is given in scripture and we accept Bhagavad Gita and the Vedic scriptures you can say, well, there are different scriptures in the world, but we accept the Vedic scriptures because they give more information. They're more specific. There's a general idea in other scriptures that God created the world. But who is God? How he created the world? What for? There's very little information. So we accept the Vedic scriptures, which give knowledge of them. We, we can understand that there should be a person behind it all. Just like if you come into a country, say you, someone comes to India for the first time, they can understand, they may not know exactly, but they can understand there's some kind of government administration here. There should be some prime minister or president or someone who's on top of it all. So that you can understand by inference. But who is that person? That you can't find out by logic. So that there is God, there is a controller. That much we can understand by logic. Otherwise, how is, that, how is everything going on? There's some design, there should be some designer of the universe. There should be someone who's ordering the universe. There should be some purpose behind it all. But who is that person? What does he look like? What's his name? Where does he live? Why is he doing it all? Well, he's a person, so that means he has personal likes and dislikes. 
But that you can't find out by logic. If you land in Chennai, take a flight from Los Angeles to Chennai, and you land for the first time, and then you you understand. It's, you don't really think about it. You just understand there should be, there must be someone in charge of the government here. But who is that person? What's his name? You you have to ask someone, or you find out before you come. You look in in the newspaper or this and that. Find out what does he look like. And what does he like to eat for breakfast? You may think, well, that's got him. That doesn't really matter to me. I'm just in the country and he's organizing it. So he's, I, I just come and I, I visit the tourist spots and I go stay in a hotel. It doesn't really matter to me who the administrator is. But it matters to us who the administrator of the universe is. It does matter. Because actually we don't belong in this universe, we belong in his universe, his own. We are not meant to suffer repeated birth and death in this universe. So one thing we also we can deduce from just from study is that life in this material world is not very happy. It's full of suffering. Then why? Then why did God set it up? like that. Then we find out the answer is we are here in this world because of Ichadvesha Samudhena Dvandva Mohena Bharata Sarva Bhutani Sangmoham Sarga Yanti Parantava This is in Bhagavad Gita. That we come into this world due to perverted desire and due to Dvesha or envy of the Supreme Lord's supremacy, which extends to all others. And therefore, we're in this material world, we're trying to enjoy separately from Krishna. So, Krishna is not like some remote president of a country. But he is, he's not only Sarabhaloka Maheshwaram, he's not only the controller of all the planets, but he's also Suharidam Sarvabhutanam. He's the friend of everyone. Our real friend, our best friend. And all the suffering that we're experiencing in this world is a result of forgetting Krishna. So it is important to us who he is. There's nothing more important than this. More important than our mother, father or anyone is Krishna. Because mother and father you get in every life. Who can say, where were all of you 50 years ago? Where were any of us 50 years ago? We can't say. Some other body. We must have had some other mother and father. Maybe we were the mother or father of someone else. Some other body. Maybe some old person you see walking in the street. Maybe you're their mother in a previous life. So relationships here are temporary, but our relationship with Krishna is eternal. But information about this we get from the Vedic literatures, beginning with Bhagavad Gita. That who is the Supreme Controller? What is our relationship? How can we revive that? 
So that's what's being taught here. Most of you are medical students or engineering students, is it? Yeah, mostly these are the two popular lines along with nowadays software engineering and a little bit of hardware also. More software. More need for software engineers than hardware. These are the lines people go into. So medical science, that deals with the complexities of the body. But the really intelligent doctors can understand that life in the body is not simply a combination of chemicals. It's complex. Both the organisms that make up the body and the, and the complex, at, at the microscopic level, the organisms that make up the body and the and the, the complex way in which they interact, it's all very detailed. You have to study so much. But holding it all together, what, what is the life in the body is something non-material. That is the soul. And engineers, they should also see it. They have to study so much just to learn how to make some relatively simple structure that you should appreciate. Who's the supreme engineer? That is Krishna. So actually these studies, if if they're carried out in the with the correct understanding, that should help us come to Krishna. Should Unfortunately, education in the modern age is conducted more or less as a business venture. People, they run schools for profit. And people go to the colleges so that they can get a degree, so they can earn money. So it's all, everything is based on money. It's all, you are business items. You are walking money for the owners of the school. And the person who's... The teachers in the college, they see that I get paid this much here, that much there. It's all a business venture. But real education means that education by which we can see the ultimate truth, by which we can appreciate the existence of the Supreme Lord within and without everything. So this education we're giving here, it's free. Donations are accepted. That is an opportunity for you to serve. We know, but we're not calling you here because we're thinking you can give lots of money. We know your students. But we are interested in your soul. How you can develop the spiritual knowledge by which you can be free from birth and death by understanding your eternal loving relationship with Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So are there any questions? I'm going to speak briefly and then take a few questions. Now, 
You should have many questions. Human life is meant for asking questions. Atato Brahma Jignyasa. Human life is meant for asking questions about the Supreme Absolute Truth. You have a question? How do we control our temptations? How do we control our temptations? Temptation means desire for the wrong thing. We can control our temptation by desiring the right thing. You can't stop desire, but if we desire the right thing instead of desiring the wrong thing, then that desire becomes purified. So instead of desiring something for our own personal sense enjoyment, if we desire to act in a way that Krishna will be pleased, then our desire is purified. Traditionally, in India, everyone was engaged in archan, or the worship of the, the deity. So instead of thinking how I can dress very nicely, we think how to offer nice dresses to the Lord. Instead of thinking how I can eat nicely, we think how to offer nice food to the Lord. This is the process of purification of desire. One should also, of course, be intelligent enough to avoid that which will give rise to our temptation. For instance, we know that if we read Bhagavad Gita as it is, then our consciousness will be purified. But if we read a cinema magazine, then our consciousness will be filled with dirty thoughts. So, we should be intelligent enough to choose what to read, how to util, how to uh, interact our senses with this world in such a way that they become purified rather than contaminated. That makes sense, doesn't it? You can't expect to be free of temptation if you know, you, you sit down for one hour looking at some magazine with all n- naked women and, and all stories of sex and, and then you, you think, well, close it up and think, well, how can I be free from bad desire? You can't, you, you have to cultivate, you have to cultivate purification. There are certain do's and do nots. People don't like regulation. You think, well, let me just do what I like. Let me do what I like. Even a dog is not allowed to do what it likes. People have pet dogs nowadays. And the dog is trained, do this, don't do that. Don't pass stool in the house. So even a dog is not allowed to do what it likes. But we, we think that it's very advanced philosophy. Let me do what I like. This is, this is monkey idea. The monkey just does what he likes. So, human being means self-control. 
So don't be influenced by this wrong propaganda that we should just do what we like. Regular study of Bhagavad Gita as it is is very helpful. Do you have this? Bhagavad Gita as it is? Well, you'd better have it here because you're not living at home. You please all get a copy of this Bhagavad Gita as it is. You're studying so many books, but this is the most important. So by, st- <coughs> by studying this book, that will tremendously help us for purification of our consciousness. It just doesn't happen. It's, it doesn't happen automatically. It's not that you, suddenly you get some something like a lightning bolt and you become self-realized. That's mythology. There's an actual process for purification. One has to hear from Shastra. One has to study Shastra from actual sadhus. There are so many cheaters, so-called sadhus, who they they talk all nonsense. But as taught to us by Srila Prabhupada, we are presenting Bhagavad Gita without any personal interpretation. Krishna taught Bhagavad Gita so that we could be purified and we're presenting the same subject. So you can become purified if you want, you should want. Any any human being who doesn't want to be a monkey, they talk about evolution, monkey to human, but we see humans are becoming monkeys. They're becoming like that in this life when they say, we don't want to follow any rules, we'll just do what we like. That means they want to be a monkey. And next life you'll become a monkey. So if you don't want to be a monkey, if you want to be an elevated human being and go beyond birth and death, then we have to study Bhagavad Gita as it is. But it doesn't happen just by chance. You have to uh, Some work is required. You don't, you don't become a doctor or an engineer by chance. Not even simply by attending the college. You have to apply yourself also. So some application is needed. We should put some time aside for studying Bhagavad Gita as it is. So that's available here. We request for your own benefit. You can, you can take one and study daily at least something. Gradually, gradually, by the grace of Krishna, He will help us. He is within our hearts. He will help us. We can gradually understand that. Any of you have Bhagavad Gita as it is? So, you're kind of half thinking about it. What does that mean? It's also at home? Not here. Well, you can get one for here, one for there. Please study this. That will benefit you unlimitedly. Whatever you are studying, medicine, engineering, that may help you in in one sense, but that is limited. But the knowledge of Bhagavad Gita helps us in this life and even beyond the death of this body. This body has to die. It doesn't matter how good medical treatment you get. uh, Someone was telling me this. 
in another town, this chicken gunia was going around. So he went to the doctor, and the doctor also had it. So the doctor can't even protect himself. We all have to suffer. Disease, death. But Bhagavad Gita teaches us how to go beyond birth and death. We don't have to die. Probably you're young, so you're not thinking much about death. You say, well, why? We shouldn't think about this. Now we should get on with our life. But it has to come. It'll come soon. Sooner than we think. Any questions? Can we completely get rid of fear? Can we become completely free from fear? Yes. How is that? When we realize that Krishna is completely protecting us, then we become free from fear. When we realize that we are eternal, avinashi tatadvidhi yena sarvamidam tata. That which pervades the whole body is the soul, the consciousness coming from the soul. So the soul cannot be killed. So then, by understanding this, we become free from fear. The body has to die. There's, there's nothing we can do to stop that. But when we understand that I'm eternal soul, then we become free from fear. That's all. It's a simple thing, at least theoretically. Realization is that requires spiritual advancement. But when we realize that anyway the body is temporary, so why should I be afraid? We become actually free from fear when our relationship with Krishna in bhakti is very strong. When we have realization, real realization, I'm not the body. Of course, fear is not only fear of death. There's fear of uh, people thinking badly of us. That's mostly what people do is because they're afraid that people will, oh, we're afraid that people say, oh, he became a failure at college. We were willing to study because we're afraid our parents will be unhappy and people will mock us. This is all based on a misunderstanding. That I am the body and I am the false ego associated with this body. But we really have nothing to do with this body. That's the first thing that Krishna teaches in Bhagavad Gita. If we can actually understand that, that's very powerful. I'm planning to speak more about that this evening, in the evening lecture. Bhagavad Gita lecture. Anything else? Anyone else has any questions? You please read this Bhagavad Gita as it is. Then your spiritual consciousness will awaken more. Then so many queries into the nature of the Absolute come. Do you want to show that video then? Yes, actually, yeah.
Okay. Vegetarian, they want to offer food home, but then parents are What do you do with the parents? The parents are forcing you to eat meat. Yes. It used to be around the other way that the, the if, two generations ago it used to be the parents were vegetarian and the children were pushing to eat meat. Now it's around the other way. The, the parents are eating meat and the children who come in contact with us anyway, they want to be vegetarian. It's very difficult because you can understand by associating with sadhus that meat-eating is not good. But on the other hand, the parents come from a generation in which, well still in India it's taught that you have to eat meat to be healthy. Whereas in the West, everyone's teaching that you have to not eat meat to be healthy. But India is always behind. They think we're up with the West, but they're always behind. Everyone knows. Even the American Medical Association, which is very conservative, conservative even they say that the, the vegetarian diet is better. So uh, it's difficult to go against the parents, but then we have to consider that what is the ultimate benefit? What is the ultimate purpose of life? So, taking a leaf out of Mahatma Gandhi's book, although we don't accept everything that he said, but he had the principle of non-violent non-cooperation. No need to fight with your parents. Just whatever they say, you just, all right, all right, all right. No need to argue, because they're not going to listen anyway. But then you just don't eat the meat, that's all. And remain non-violent. They get angry and you just smile. And it won't go on long. After some time, they'll cool down. And... Usually what happens is, then they may begin to appreciate also. You have to be patient. It's not easy, but we have to go through so many tests if we're actually going to become Krishna conscious. Krishna is not asking us to do what he asked Arjuna to do, which was to fight with and kill his family members. That's, we're not asked to go through such a difficult test. Of course, Krishna explained that there's no killing, actually. They were all kshatriyas on the battlefield, with the exception of Jonah, Ashvatthama, Kripa, few were Brahmana by caste, but they were practically acting as kshatriyas. So anyway, that was their occupation, to go on the battlefield and, and fight. But Krishna told that anyway for the soul there is no birth and death. So we don't have such a difficult test. If you bring some, you can bring some medical papers showing how vegetarianism is recommended. 
And there's so much on the internet. I haven't looked, but I'm sure there must be. So much on vegetarianism, because it's very actively promulgated in the Western world, at least, how vegetarianism is better for health. And so many people are becoming vegetarians in the Western world, not for religious reasons, but for health reasons, actually. So if you if you print out something and bring it, that might help. That vegetarians are so much percent less likely to get cancer and so much percent less likely to get heart attack and this and that. So because they're attached to your body, they, they may think, oh, all right. That's general advice. You have any other thoughts on that yourself? <laughs> what do you usually recommend when people come with that question? The same thing to stick to not eating meat. Mm. Because we can compromise on this. Yeah, if you eat meat then there's no spiritual advancement actually. And usually mothers they start cooking same evening some vegetarian for you. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, uh, at least among the Hindu population, the, the, even the meat eaters, in their heart, they understand that it's it's better to be, not to be eating meat. Like many times we've heard that the, they don't come to temple when they eat meat. So yeah, automatically they understand it is bad. Yeah. Prabhupada was pointing that out that in in the Catholic religion it used to be that they I don't I think they stopped that now certainly in the West that you don't eat meat on Fridays. So Prabhupada said, well, that shows that they they understand there's something not good. Otherwise, why re, why refrain from it? We have that book, The Higher Taste. That has all the arguments for vegetarianism. Last time we prepared, we showed the slides and on the slides, 100 reasons why to be vegetarian. Mm-hmm. There is a movie from Peta. So we are making CD available next week. If we get <coughs> I was just in Dubai and there they, had a, they organized a youth festival. And they had all the youth devotees are just becoming, they say, well, you do it all. We'll just, we'll organize the place and everything. And they gave them different topics. And and the youth themselves pres- to, presented to the youth. Those who are t- interested in Krishna, they pres- it was like they had about 500 from Indian families. And they presented why you should be vegetarian, what is karma and reincarnation, and this and that. And for immediately, for immediately they said, okay, I'm not eating meat anymore. And they did it in their own way. It's like they had two young girls, the, the karma one, they started off with a skit. Two young girls came and the one said, hey, have you heard of karma? He said, no, is that some cool young guy? <laughs> cool young guy on the campus? <laughs> That's that was, <laughs> that was her reply. And then they discussed it like that. They did it in their own way. Okay then, you want to show that? Yes, but if we can have two 
more questions. And yeah, were there any more questions? What is the soul? Who are you? Who are you? Your soul, that's right. You are the soul, but that, not that body. The body which is temporary is able to speak because of the presence of the soul. The soul is the living principle. Where there is life, there is the soul. The body is uh, an apparatus through which the sensitivity of the senses, feelings, emotions, it, it seems that we are the body, but the activity comes and the feelings and the, the, the sense of touch, taste, smell, feeling, hearing, it all comes because of the presence of the soul. The soul at the present time is actual consciousness is covered over, so it's it it acts through the body, but the body is not the soul. It's a basic point we have to understand: the soul in its pure state is the eternal servant of that. You have to read Bhagavad Gita. Lord Krishna elaborates on this point in great detail. It's the basis of all. Genuine spiritual understanding. That's why we say that all these, so many so-called gurus, they're all cheating. Because they don't teach even this basic point. It's not clear. They, they teach you how you can have so-called personality development and stress relief, where they never touch the point, the, the, the teachings of Bhagavad Gita, that we're all eternal soul, we're servants of Krishna, who is the supreme soul. They don't touch them. They don't know themselves, it would appear. They're out for cheap popularity. And you should know. You please study this Bhagavad Gita as it is. No, I don't hmm. We used to argue with someone who is taking uh, non-veg. Usually, if I ask, if I, I tell them that to take non-veg is very powerful, I tell them immediately they will ask that why are taking milk? Milk is derived from cow's blood. Yeah, milk is derived from cow's blood, but it's not cow's blood. <laughs> it's not cow's blood. It's it's different. There's how do you get the blood by killing the cow? How do you get the milk by milking the cow? There's a lot of difference. Milk nourishes the body. And in a way that is conducive for spiritual understanding. Cow's blood does not do so. That's a specious argument. You know what specious means? It means it, it's presented with some kind of apparent logic, but actually it's illogical. You don't torture and kill the cow to take the milk. Milk you can offer in the temple to the Lord, not blood. There's a difference. And to pretend that there's not a difference is just rascal them. Why the, the mother who has the child, she feels the child with with milk and not blood. 
Why? If it's all the same. It's a foolish, demoniac argument. Okay then. It is a late for a movie. We can have a few more questions and yeah. Okay. Is the mill supposed to go to the calf? Is the mill supposed to go to the calf? Yes, and it does. But by the arrangement of Krishna, the the cow gives more than is even good for the calf, and that milk is good for nourishing human beings also. The calf is not deprived. Usually, farmers, Divya Prabhupada was telling his father keeps many cows and calves. Mm. Say, if you allow calf to drink all they the drink milk, all the milk, then they become sick. Yeah. They become sick. Their bones become very unfit to do any work. Most of them, they die actually. Just uncontrolled. Mm. In the war time, where there were wars, where they left cow and calf, where they were. Mm-hmm. Then, it's all there by the arrangement of Krishna that we are more intelligent so we think that is our lack of intelligence we have so many questions how to avoid Krishna consciousness So many objections. But if we are actually honest and sincere, we'll find that everything that is the, the whole Krishna conscious lifestyle, which is completely based on the teaching of Shastra, it's not something that we made up, it's, it's perfect. Everything is properly answered there. It should be, isn't it? If this is actually the truth, it's not just someone else's opinion then all questions should be answered. It should be perfect, and it is. You won't find anything which is contradictory or which is uh, detrimental to the genuine spiritual progress. Clear knowledge of who is God, who are we, what is our relationship, and what we should do so that we can develop our consciousness of God, Krishna. Everything's clear. Now, whether you take it or not, that's up to you. Many people don't want to take it. They say, oh, it's too troublesome. I'll just go to a movie instead. And that's up to you. But if one is actually intelligent and philosophically inclined, then he should realize that, yeah, human life is meant for spiritual elevation. And take to this process. Some of you are doing that, it seems. I'm seeing some neck beads and some Tulsi Mala. Nowadays, professors in the college, they object when the some college, they object when they said Tulsi Mala. Yeah. <laughs> Why should they object? If it was, if, if it was just some, uh, you know, some plastic 
beans, they wouldn't object. But because it has religious significance, they object. Just see how atheistic they are. Tulsimala, they object. But if you wear some plastic beads, if, it, if that becomes some fashion, they don't care. They're, they're against religion. Anyway, next generation, you can all be the professors. So that will be better. By the preaching of Krishna consciousness, the next generation should become better. You like to do that? But then you have to study this. We need seminars. It's Krishna consciousness doesn't just mean, you know, five minutes so-called meditation in the morning. It's a, there's a lot to be learned. But you can learn. Any of you have read Prabhupada's books? Have any of you read? Which one? Bhagavad Gita. You read the whole book? Not the whole. Now you should complete reading. Anyone else? Beyond birth and death. You read it all. Yeah, maybe you can take some of the small books that that'll help you. In the beginning, if you see a big book, you might think, well, that's a bit much. But you read so many big books at school, right? In the college? You can read this also. There are so many books. Whatever you read, that will help you. These books, Bhagavad Gita, as it is, Beyond Birth and Death, The Science of Self-Realization. That's a very important book. Raja Vidya, the king of knowledge. We have so many books. Anyone else read any of Prabhupada's books? No. All right. Still relatively new. Fifth or sixth program. Mm-hmm. I see. All right. Now you better get them reading because they're all students so their intelligence is moving. But you have to train the intelligence so that it moves towards Krishna. Otherwise, by sentiment alone, we won't be able to maintain the interest. When we realize that by studying Krishna consciousness, we realize that this is actually complete and perfect exposition of reality in all phases. Then we become enlivened and convinced about Krishna consciousness. This is not just some sentimental idea. It's not just someone's opinion. It's not one opinion out of many opinions. But this is the actual truth given in all shastras, given by all great acharyas. There's no higher truth than this. As Lord Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Raja Vidya, Raja Guhyam, Pavitram Idam Uttamam, Pratyakshak Agamam Dharmyam, Susukam Kartamavya. 
Krishna says, this is the king of all knowledge, his knowledge of Bhagavad Gita. The most secret of all secrets. It is the purest knowledge. And because it gives direct 